So anyways, there I am walking around downtown Toronto. I'm at College and University. College Street and University Avenue, I believe. The intersection. Right in downtown Toronto. This was Saturday afternoon. Saturday, uh, February 10th. No, wait. Saturday, February 12th. Right? Saturday, February 12th, 2022. Yeah. So there I am, and wow. Hundreds. Hundreds of protesters come walking down College Street. And I just kind of stopped to look for a second. I'm like, whoa. It's like hundreds of people. And then there was like this lady... You know, she was standing with a sign that said freedom and she had no mask on. And of course I had no mask on and we look at each other and she goes, she goes, we should join them. I was like, oh, okay. And then, yeah. Then she goes, COVID-19 doesn't even exist, you know. Like, uh, well, it's definitely exaggerated. She goes, no, it doesn't even exist. I can't get a job. COVID-19 doesn't even exist. So, like, you know, I mean, one crazy out of, like, hundreds of competent, peaceful protesters. I'm like, uh, so I just kind of, like, drifted away from her. She's like, again, like I'm saying, listen to me, COVID-19 doesn't even exist. I'm like, well, it is, it is exaggerated, but I just kind of, like, walked off, right? Then I stopped to listen, and I stopped to listen for a bit. And then the protest, it um, it turned the corner. It didn't break the police barricade. There was a police barricade that would have prohibited the march to go any further. So the march, it changed directions and started to march um, north on University Avenue, Toronto, Canada, towards Queen's Park, you know? the political arena in Toronto, Canada, Queen's Park. So the protest started to move north on University Avenue towards Queen, Queen's Park. And I'm just like, yo, I guess I'm walking in a protest. It was so, all of a sudden I kind of, I got into the middle of the crowd and I just started marching along with them, right? Freedom, freedom, we support the truckers. No more mandates. No mask on, no nothing. Just old people, young people, middle-aged people, children, children with their beautiful, healthy immune systems, all marching, black, white, Asian, Indian, you know, didn't matter, just a bunch of Canadians, you know, we had enough, you know, with our Tim Hortons cups and, you know, People had flags, Canadian flags with hockey sticks. You know, they're waving their Canadian flag with hockey sticks. Drinking Tim Hortons. We had enough of this, eh? Enough. It's enough, eh? We had enough, boy. So, you know, I joined the march and, you know, we're walking down um, University Avenue. Freedom, freedom. I'm like, I'm in the middle of a fucking protest. Crazy. Gone and close the curtains. Cause all we need is candlelight You and me and a bottle of wine Gonna hold you tonight, oh yeah
your pussy out for me Gooby boo, ask him a rinky dee Cause girl you know I got to go Oh, Lord I wish that pussy soaked Save tonight At break of dawn, come tomorrow Tomorrow I'll be gone, save tonight What's happening folks? It's your old circle buddy Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan Reporting live for duty on this magnificent February 14th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Tomorrow comes to take me away. I wish that I, that I could stay Girl, you know I got to go And Lord, I wish that pussy soaked Safe tonight Fight the break of dawn, come tomorrow Tomorrow I'll be gone Mm. Happy Valentine's Day You fucking single bitches out there You know what you are, you stuck up types, you know would it kill you to do a load of dishes every now and then? Maybe you wouldn't be alone on this Valentine's Day. Not to say that I'm with anybody, but you know how it is, you know? A man is supposed to be a man. Stand up. Pay the rent. Support the family. Be a leader. Be an example. But a woman ain't gonna be no woman. You kidding me? Bitch can't cook. Bitch can't clean. Bitch can't do nothing. So you wonder why you're alone on Valentine's Day. Tomorrow comes to take me away Well, rather, your stuck-up bitch-ass fucking attitude has come to take me away (laughs) Just kidding, ladies, you know I love you You know, I really do Anyways, folks, if you're a fucking new-timer, first-timer to the show, JR the P. Happy Valentine's Day, 2022. The show, you know, here on JR the P, you know, it's a show where I bitch, wine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. Mmm. Mmm, little eagle eye cherry, you know, a little romantic, you know, I I got got a couple romantic beats in this old heart of mine, you know, put on some romantic music, you know, treat a nice little woman to a Valentine's Day dinner, roses, chocolates, the whole kit and caboodle, just that, you know, as a podcaster, comedian, performer such as myself, uh, quite busy, as you can understand. Anyways, here at JR the P, you know, we talk current events, the times of the time, the whole kitten caboodle, the whole wackadoo, the whole enchilada, folks. You can't go wrong. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, my own website, Jonathan, pronounced Jonathan, Jonathan Ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me 
with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know it truly is. And if you're a returning guest to JR the P, if you know, if you don't know, if you may or may not know, or maybe you surmised, I am an actor extraordinaire. That's being in the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. It's always good in one's profession to take a little um, review time. Kick back, read some trade periodicals. I don't know what it is. If you're a chef and you subscribe to Cooking with Condoms magazine, if you can cook with condoms, I'm sure there's a way, you know, like, let's say you want to, like, infuse some spices into, like, some meat. You want to spice some meat up. No pun intended. Maybe you take like a rack of lamb and wedge it into a condom. They stretch pretty big, you know, for some fellas. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you stuff a rack of lamb into a condom bag and then you dump some spices in it and then you let it marinate overnight. So, like, let's say you subscribe to Cooking with Condoms Quarterly magazine. Little trade periodical where you can bone up. Again, no pun intended bone up on, you know, some cooking recipes involving condoms and, uh, you know, keep yourself abreast to the career that you're in. Well, it's no different as a thespian, actor, extraordinaire, such as myself. I was kicking back uh, last night and, I don't know, just watching some films, catching up on some films that I've been wanting to see. I saw one recently. Again, as I mentioned last night, pig. Pig. Not a bicycle cop or a cop in general, but pig. Pig. Starring Nicolas Cage, Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage. Peach. I could eat a peach for hours. One of my favorites. Raising Arizona. The Rock. Con Air. Face Off. <laughs> the Wicker Man. Ah! Oh, not the bees, not the bees. Ah! <laughs> uh, if you ever check out... um. Wicker Man Real or Wicker Man Clips. Nicolas Cage did this film, The Wicker Man. And um, even though he's an Academy Award winning actor, did some classic films, Moonstruck, Raising Arizona, Leaving Las Vegas, um, a motley of others. And he also comes from a, uh, you know, an industry family. I mean... He's the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola, I believe, the famed director. Apocalypse Now, The Godfather trilogy, arguably the greatest film ever made, The Godfather. So he comes from that rich industry background as well, family background, 
Nicolas Cage. And I think he fucked Elvis Presley's daughter, you know? Hubba da hubba da. The jail, jailhouse rock? Is that a... Well, you know what I mean. We're caught in a trap. I can't hold back. Because I love you too much, baby. Hunk a hunk a burning rubber. Elvis Presley? He fucked her, his daughter. Or at least married to her. She married Michael Jackson as well. She wared a lot of wackos. Not that Nicolas Cage is particularly a wacko, but um, definitely an eccentric. It's what makes him such a fetching actor, I would assume. Anyway. Um, I digress. Pig. This film starring Nicolas Cage. Entertaining. Very entertaining. See, I got a thing where it's like, I've, I can speak a lot on film. I won't bore you to dog dick death with it here. But, you know, I could speak a lot about film. And um, I've watched a lot of classic films. I know quite a bit. I can have discussions. You know, I'm, I'm into film, movie. You know, I would say at least above average in that IQ regarding film. And one thing that I do is when I watch films, I know within the first 15 minutes whether or not I want to watch a film. And typically they say that a film should grab you within the first few minutes. First, It should grab you, suck you in, or else it's kind of a steep climb. You know, I mean, how the hell are you going to weather a three-hour movie if like the first hour of it is just dog shit? You have to grab the people off the hop when you're making films, right? So I got a thing, having watched so many films in my day, and also, like in my earlier days of getting into film, if I were to watch a movie and it didn't, if I if it didn't catch me in the first few minutes, I would still have to watch the entire movie because I just I wanted to. It was just a thing that I had to do. I'm like, I got to finish this movie. That way I can know whether, at least that way I can say it's done. It was just a certain point of pride that I had, a certain tick, a certain pet peeve of mine. Like I had to finish the movie, regardless of how bad it was. Now, when I begin a film, if it doesn't catch me in the first few minutes, first 10, 15 minutes, I'm out, right? So that being said, Pig, in my opinion, starring Nicolas Cage. It was entertaining at the very least because it drew me to continue to watch. I wanted to figure out... I was entertained. I was thoroughly entertained. I'm a Nicolas Cage fan and uh, the film drew me in. But it was odd. It was very odd. It was, it had some very niche sort of worlds. It's about like this truffle, truffle farmer, truffle hunter, truffle gatherer. You know, like truffles. I don't even really know what truffles are. They're, they're like these things in the ground that you dig up and they have like a earthy, oaky, 
kind of aroma that really kind of gets into the nostrils and the lungs and it's kind of orgasmic, I think. It's real pungent. They use it a lot in like fine dining, truffles. So anyway, he's like a truffle hunter and he's got like a little truffle pig. Very cute pig. I mean, I hadn't seen a pig this cute since like Wilbur from like, you know, Charlotte's Web or perhaps Babe. Babe, pig in the city. Babe was pretty cute as well. A babe. But this trouble, this truffle pig, really cute. You know, I didn't know truffle pigs were that cute. So, you know, he had this pet pig. He's out there hunting truffles. You know? And, um, you know, not to give too much away, but in the basic synopsis of the film, a truffle hunter sets out on a journey to find his kidnapped pig. I mean, breaks your heart. Some fucking lowlife winds up kidnapping his pig. You know, truffle pig. Hence the name of the film, Pig. So, it's about pigs. And um, it really draws you in. It really, really has a nice pace to it and a certain tension to it and a foreboding and a, a weird sense of humor and wit and grit pig I was entertained I don't know what I think about it I don't know what it was quite but it was entertaining and it it felt like there were some deeper meanings that might kind of unfurl and bloom and blossom like the aroma, aroma qualities of a truffle or like a layered onion or whatever you know what I mean So, Pig by Nicolas Cage. Well, not by him. It was directed by Sarnowski. I think Mark Sarnowski. And uh, written and directed by Mark Sarnowski. I believe the man's name is. Director. Starring Nicolas Cage. And, uh, yeah, it was a nice, um, enjoyable, entertaining view. And it helped me kind of, you know, get a little inspiration, a little a little regrouping with my um, juices as an actor, thespian, filmmaker, <laughs> extraordinaire, you know? And it's good to take that time, that time of review, reflection, and um, uh, enjoyment. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. I'm also a pig. I am also a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yeah. Knowing when to shut up. You know what? You know what it is, right? You, you jokers and gigglers out there, and 
You know, you know, you smart asses. As a comedian, I guess the crowning jewel of the trade is wit and perspective, point of view. To have a wit and a point of view to speak in a humorous fashion, in a truthful, honest, cutting, biting fashion, to speak. A lot of com- a lot of comics like to play the contrarian. You say go left, they say go right. You know? The contrarian. A game of words, a game of perspective, a game of posturing. The trade of comedy. Well, sometimes it's hard to know when to shut up. You know? And that's what I'm feeling today. As I speak on my triumphs and tribulations and, um, you know, trespasses, as a stand-up comedian extraordinaire, today I feel like shutting up. You know, there ain't quite too much to be talking about for me today as a stand-up comedian. Now, I certainly have some very interesting things on the horizon, but I don't want to bore you to dog-dick death with promises of grandeur. I'll just let the mystery unravel for itself. And it's about knowing when to shut up every now and then in any career. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Speaking of shut up, fucking clown car beeping outside my window. Quick sip of water, boss. Don't mind me, boss. Really hit the spot. So I recently started my own production company, Noi Productions. A production company where I get to wet my beak, so to speak. Feature film, documentary, interview, podcasting, sketch, skit, scat, skadoodle. The whole kit and caboodle. Noi Productions. And in that back-breaking, ball-breaking busted back endeavor that I've been endeavoring to have takes a little scratch to make a little scratch. You know, you got to pay the rent and, you know, roll the old sleeves up and, you know, get dirty. Um, Which is a good thing for the soul. And it makes a man out of you. It makes a woman out of you. It makes a person out of you. And it's like any business, you know, you you make some money at whatever and then you put it into the business and one hand washes the other. So, so, so I've been working uh, manual labor, you know, various gigs, hustling, bustling about. And, you know, it's revealing a lot about me and it's growing my future as a performer a little DIY, do-it-yourself model. So I've been 
bouncing from gig to gig in the last little while, especially due to COVID-19, COVID-19, fear, hysteria, pandemona, hyperbole, hysteria, exaggeration, COVID-19, bunch of mumbo jumbo, hogwash, hoop it up your ass, hoop it up your bumba clot, your bumba clot type of shit that makes you sick to your stomach. Anyway, I persevere. So, while working these Joe jobs, as plentiful and bountiful as there are, as there is work available, it is um, somewhat trepidatious, Somewhat um, transient, unstable. I'm temping, doing temp labor, bouncing from gig to gig. Gets me through the day, but it is what it is. So, the latest gig that I was doing, my God. I'm starting to transcend the world. I'm starting to be in the world, but not of the world. Because a current, a current and a past thread of J.R. the P, Jonathan Ramchand, the podcast, I speak a lot on business relations and work life, whether it be in my performing endeavors or in my paying the bills. Joe job endeavors and there's a very interesting spirit of control that people of the world hold on to cling to desperately everywhere you go and look for yourself see for yourself folks i don't believe i'm alone in this it's nothing personal it's just this sickness that humanity has a need to control others. It's not personal. It's not directly at me personal. I'm sure many can relate to this. In the working world, there's always people that are busybodies, inserting themselves in other people's business, running their mouth with commands and demands, whereas if they just shut up, seeing as they ain't the boss of anything, they're a cog in the wheel, they're one piece to the puzzle, they are one worker in an organization of other workers that come together to make the task get done. There ain't nothing special. If they would realize that and just shut their trap, things can go on just as easily, just as efficiently, just as effectively, but many don't. They're busy bodies. They're in their head. They have that spirit of anger and control in them that won't allow their mind to rest, focus on the basic task, focus on their own lane. Why are they there? What do they need to do for themselves? And what their own personal objective is? What their own personal goals are? No. Their minds in what their neighbor's doing. So um, 
Why don't you do it this way? Why don't you do it that way? Where do you live? How much are you getting paid? Why are you doing this job? All these questions and impositions and requests that are just meaningless. Do you ever speak to these people? Can you relate to these type of people in your working life? Where it's like, they get into your space with questions and comments and demands and requests when it's like, you know, you could just shut up. And every little thing are gonna be alright. Don't worry about a thing. Cause every little thing are gonna be alright. I won't worry. Don't worry about a thing. What are you babbling on about? This job that I'm working, or I was working, um, it was at an automotive exhaust manufacturing plant. They manufacture automotive parts for exhaust. I ain't no fucking mechanic. All I know is there's just all these parts that we had a hand in organizing, cleaning, setting up for paint, setting up for packaging. Just a factory and a factory line of products moving around. Exhaust, automotive exhaust products. And you had all these little busybody employees that... Hey, no, over here, do it this way. No, do it that way. No, over here, buddy, buddy. Hello, brother, brother, brother. Over here, brother. Hello, over here. Like this, like this. No, like this. Put it like that. And they're like talking at each other, nagging at each other when it's like, none of you are the supervisor. None of you are the boss. None of you pay each other's paychecks. Why don't you all just shut up, do your job, and go home? Wouldn't that make more logical sense than inundating your own mind and your co-workers' minds with your babbling nonsense requests? Over here! Over here, everybody! And all we're doing is just taking products off of an assembly line putting them into a box, moving a box from here to there. There ain't nothing to talk about. But they make it seem like it's life and death. Over here! Buddy! Just nattering on complete pointless nonsense. And what it is, it's that ego sense of control. There's somebody. Their presence must be known. Their intelligence and stature must be known. They're not just a cog in a wheel. They're the whole wheel itself. Nothing could roll right if it wasn't for me. And they get nattering and tittering and jittering and bickering. Type of shit that makes you sick to your stomach. I wound up uh, quitting this job. Mainly because of the air quality, which I find so ironic, or I just find so funny that, as I mentioned, you have all these people that babble and badger and complain and get into each other about such nonsense things. But yet when there is an issue that could use some solidarity and cooperative uh, standpoints on... They button up, button their lip on it, you know, quiet as a church mouse when it comes to things that actually matter, quiet as a church mouse. There's like, um, as I mentioned, it's an automotive exhaust company. 
and they paint many products and they weld many products. Well, the fan, the the air filtration system isn't working. So none of the air in the warehouse and in the factory is being sucked out. So you have this cloud of like paint fumes and welding fumes just floating around this warehouse. People badgering and nattering and nitpicking at each other about pointless stupid things about how to box up a box. Yet they can't come together to be like, yo, let's go speak to the manager and get this sorted out. We need clean air. We need air filtration. The air filters aren't working. I, I spoke to one of the coworkers. I'm like, yo, what's going on with this air filter? How come that it's not fixed? And he's like, oh, we've been telling them. We've been talking to the manager for like two months. We've been talking to the manager for two months. They're not fixing it. They're not fixing it. And I'm like, and you people accept this? They accept it. Yet if they stood together and been like, yo, management, fix this issue. We're not breathing in welding fumes and paint fumes all shift. It would get fixed. But they don't. They'd rather be involved with their co-workers' nonsense and make their little petty demands and squabble like children. I was like the I was like one of the only people I saw that, you know, the supervisor would be like, "Oh, Jonathan, uh, can we get you over here to do something?" And I'm like, "Oh, is did they fix the fan? Did they fix the fan in the paint area?" They're like, "Oh, well, no, they haven't fixed the paint fan yet." Then I can't be there. And they're like, oh, oh, okay. And it was fine. They just sent me to a different task. But none of these people even think to stand up to say that. Like, no, I'm not doing that crap until you fix it. Until you fix the fan. They just blindly go over there and (coughs) choke to death all shift breathing in paint fumes and welding fumes. Interesting. Um... And um, I won't bore you to dog dick death. I mean, just all the pettiness, like I told you. It's so interesting because it's like about human relations. Just all the pointless back and forth. I was on the paint line. And there was like this Indian man. This like short, fat Real fugly looking dude. Kind of looked like Wario. You know Wario from uh, the Mario Luigi Nintendo universe? He looked like Wario. (laughs) You know Wario with the fucked up mustache and the big bulbous nose and the paunchy little fucking plumber. Wario? This motherfucker looked like Wario, right? Oh, yeah, buddy, buddy. Pick up, pick up, pick up. Do this, do that. Running around, guns a-blazing, running his yap. When it's like, you, yo, dude, you're making the same money as me. You're the same classification as me. Why don't you just shut the fuck up and put the shit on the conveyor belt, take it off the conveyor belt. There's nothing to talk about. He was like possessed, babbling on, babbling on, babbling on. And, you know... 
unbelievable. But like I see what's going on with him, so it was I was able to deal with him correctly. I feel whenever you know I I tried to just see his point. You know, if there was something to do, I mean, I am there to do a job. So, and he was you know somewhat aware and focused on the task. So if he had a good suggestion, I didn't fight him on it. You know. He would like make a mountain out of a molehill. <gasps> Jonathan, what are you doing? We gotta do this. And I'm like, okay, and I just go over there and do it. No big deal. And I just kept thinking to myself, like, why doesn't he just calm down? There's no reason to be so worked up. Maybe it's all the paint fumes he's been huffing. But then, um, you know, the pinnacle, the pinnacle of um, nonsense. I saw on the job, I almost saw a knifing. See, that's why it's important, the things I'm talking about, because it's human communication and interaction. And when you open your mouth at a person, you're stepping into their realm. Most people, they feel so secure in this, you know, really... Um, castrated society that we live in this toothless society where people hide behind message boards and they're scared to dog dig death to reveal their opinion and be themselves and you know they want to control others and they're just unthinking to the ramifications of their own nonsense that's why it's important to think about these things I almost saw someone get knifed So two men, two men. Now the first man, he's the only one I ever spoke to. I knew from the get-go, this is an angry man. He just walked up to me one day and goes, Hi, nice to meet you. My name's Michael. You new here? You new here? Yeah, you know, it's an all right place to work, you know. But hey, you know, it's shit everywhere you go. Then he like walked off. I'm like, how strange, how strange that, you know, he's classified as the same type of worker I am. We're both like, you know, grunts, cogs in the machine. Why not just do the job and go home? Why talk? These aren't your friends. These aren't your family. It's nothing. We're all there for the same reason, to do the job and go home. Any extra information into your head is a complete waste of time it doesn't make any it it doesn't make you money talking to random people getting into random people's business if there's a reason to talk to someone or an opportunity to be had it will be revealed you will know when oh hey maybe i should speak to this person on that subject matter for a certain reason otherwise it's pretty fucking obvious nothing here is worth discussing. So it was like odd to me that the guy would come up and and to um, introduce himself. And also, it wasn't so much about him introducing himself or two people meeting each other as it was him wanting to dump some sort of negativity or say a point to let loose some frustration. Because... The introduction was so strange. Hi, nice to meet you. You know, he just walks up to you. He just walks up to me. Hi, my name's Michael. 
you know, nice to meet you, you know, it's, it's an old place, it's an all right place to work, you know, but hey, it's shit everywhere. He's like this angry black dude, right? I'm just like, okay, whatever. And as I watched him work, he was always going around talking to people, getting in fights and arguments. Why, why is it? Like, I just, when I, like, you know, it's a warehouse, right? So it's like, it's like, it's like a loud factory, right? And every now and then I just look over and I see him run, throwing a, you know, he's arms flying, mouth going, but you can't hear what he's saying, right? You know, just acting all crazy, running his mouth and shit. It's like, you can't even hear each other in this place. Like, why are you trying to talk to people? Just do your fucking job, get your paycheck, go home. What's all this chatting? Well, he um, he gets in an argument with some dude about a woman. They're fighting over some woman. I don't know. Maybe... I don't know. He, I don't know. Something about a woman. You're talking to my woman. Oh, why, why are you talking to my woman? You're saying some rude, negative... Like, I don't know. They're fighting over some woman. Like an idiot. Like idiots. And that guy I told you about, Michael. He like... Fuck you. Fuck you. Boom. Pushes the one guy. The guy goes back. Then everybody, everybody rushes over. Stop it. No, no, don't fight. No, stop. They're holding one guy back. They're holding Michael back. and They're holding each other back. Then the guy that gets pushed goes into his pocket, pulls out an X-Acto knife. You know, like a box cutter knife? Pulls out this box cutter knife, chases after that guy, Michael. And I'm like, oh my God, is he going to stab him? Then I hear everybody yell, he's got a knife. He's got a knife. Then there was a big commotion. And um, that was the end of it. Somehow it got resolved. A man almost stabbed another man. Over petty argument, over imposition, careless words. And all they had to do was just show up to work, work, collect their paycheck, go home. Nothing mattered in the story arc of their conversation. They could have just shut up, did the job, went home. Somebody almost got stabbed. And they both lost their job. Over complete nonsense. And. You know. That's why I speak on these things. It, You know. It's kind of like that Johnny Cash song. If you waste your time talking to the people that don't listen to the things that you're saying, praying someone's gonna hear. And if you should die explaining how the things that they complain about are things they could be changing, who do you think's gonna care? I was born a lonesome singer and I'm bound to die the same, but I gotta feed that hunger in my soul.
And if I don't make a nickel, you know, it's like that old Johnny Cash song. If you waste your time talking to the people who don't listen to the things that you're saying, praying someone's going to hear. People are like so unaware of how nonsensical and backwards and wrong it is to impose upon one another. Do unto others as you will have done unto you. There were so many fights and blowouts and bickerings. There was this one guy who was always getting wound up and yelling and screaming because people were always coming to him, giving him instructions, giving him orders, giving him tasks. And it was obvious. It's like, these aren't his supervisors or managers or bosses. Now, he doesn't have to scream or yell, but it's quite understandable how it is annoying to be bossed and to be given tasks from people that aren't your boss or supervisor. How many masters is one person expected to serve in one day? And everybody was gossiping and talking about the guy. They'd be like, he's crazy. He gets so mad when you come up, talk to him. And I was like, well, hold on. Like, just to be fair, like, he has a point. I've worked with him before. He's a hardworking guy. He's, you know, a little excitable, but he's got a point. I mean, why is everybody giving him, why do people impose on one another? This is what I'm saying to people. I'm like, why, why do you, you people not see that you're imposing on him? He answers to the supervisor and to the manager. He doesn't answer to you people. And the things you're saying to him are stupid. Like, move the box here. Put the box this way. Hold the broom this way. Just like dumb, nonsense things that you could just shut up about. Yet you're going to nag and nitpick a man to death till he freaks out. There's no point to anything you people have said to him. That's why he's upset. Don't you people see that? And they're like, well, no, I mean, you can't even give the guy an instruction without him getting mad. I mean, he should hold the broom this way. He should move the box this way. He should dust the fucking thing. When you're using a dust rag, hold the dust rag like this. Not like this. Hold the dust rag like that. You're, you're talking about dust rags and how to move a fucking box and how to hold a broom? No wonder the man wants to kill you. People are like so blind to their crazy imposing natures. Shut up. Just shut up. Aren't we both here for the same reason? To do the job that we've been given to do? Collect our paycheck and go home? Isn't that why we're here? What's with all the fucking backtalk? Type of shit that makes you sick to your stomach. Do unto others as you will have done unto you. Well, anyway, um, they didn't get me wound up like that. You know, they'd come to me with their stupid suggestions and nitpicking. And I'd just be like, okay, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm, all right, yeah. I see what the game is. You're, you're like in your head and, you know, you got like demons in your head and you know you you hate the silence of your own company where it's like instead of just shutting up being still and being 
one with yourself and one with God. You got to like listen to the voices in your head that insist that you go and impose upon people, you know? I mean, it's common sense. Like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If there's nothing to be said, don't say it. Mind your own business. Don't talk to strangers. Like, haven't you heard this stuff before? But no. Hold the broom this way. Touch, dust the thing this way. Drop my hanky. Sorry, folks. So, um, you know, after the knifing, that's when I, after the uh, attempted knifing, I was like, I don't know. I, how much longer can I do this? <laughs> then, um, rapid tests. You know, here we are two years into COVID-19. After two years of back and forth about this inflated COVID-19 mumbo jumbo, we're finally getting to the point where it's like, oh yeah, it's an endemic. You know, it's like, I believe an endemic is a situation where, you know, a health virus or a contagious virus becomes commonplace an endemic right eventually everyone is supposedly going to catch covid19 it's done no matter what you do vaccinated unvaccinated you can catch it you can spread it and it has a quite a low mortality rate 80 percent of people north of 80 percent of people can recover without any specific treatment it affects the elderly, the overly obese, the poor at health. Children with their beautiful immune systems, as Trump would say, the children with their beautiful immune systems, pretty much immune. Um, so, you know, it's done. COVID-19, this whole hysteria, this whole blah, 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 doo-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-d
done. So I let my supervisor know. I'm like, oh, hey, by the way, you know, I'm a temp and, uh, you know, this is my last shift. My supervisor was a cool guy. His name was Joe. And he's like, yeah, man, you're a good worker. I could tell, you know, you're a nice guy and whatever. Good luck to you in the future. And I said, hey, man, good luck to you too. And, you know, these boots were made for walking. And that's just what they'll do. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over. Walked right the fuck up out of there, you know? Stick it up your butt. You know, I'm not fucking rapid testing. And again, I would have to see if it would make sense to me, but... In that situation, it just didn't make sense to me to rapid test. Hand over all my freedoms to what? You know? All this fear-mongering mumbo-jumbo. So, it's a little update with me and my Joe journey of, you know, doing my production company, Noi Productions. And, you know, just the everyday worker, the blue-collar Joe. What we're dealing with in this time of pandemic and just the ongoing craziness of ego and imposition that's just rampant in the workplace that is, um, aside from the COVID-19 hysteria, just this abnormality of human interaction that we just accept as normal when it's anything but Hallelujah. Quick sip of water, boss. Don't mind me, boss. Oh, yeah. Freedom Convoy protests. Toronto. As I aforementioned in a couple episodes ago, the Freedom Convoy 2022. Truckers uniting throughout Canada have converged on Parliament Hill to protest peacefully. The overreach of government, the hyperbole and hysteria of COVID-19. And as I affer, affer, affer mentioned for like maybe close to the last two years now, my personal opinion, COVID-19 is a political weapon used to disrupt global economies and gain control for whatever nefarious reason. Now, I don't know what that nefarious reason is, but it's nefarious, all right. Hey, there's something awfully squooey going on around here. Uh, oh, that wascoey wabbit. There's something awfully squooey going around here. Awfully screwy. That Wuhan rabbit. Who, what, where, when, why, and what the fuck is COVID-19? And again, as I mentioned, north of 80% of people who contract COVID-19 can recover without any specific treatment. It affects the elderly, the poor health, the overly obese. Children are basically immune. Whatever you do, you can contract COVID-19, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. What the bumbaclut fuck is all the big deal, hysteria, hyperbole, mumbo-jumbo going on with this COVID shit? Type of shit that makes you sick to your stomach. Well, I've been squawking about that for close to two years now. Anyways, Freedom Convoy protests. 
sparked by the truckers converging on Parliament Hill in Ottawa, is spreading to a global consciousness. Hallelujah. This past weekend, um, I was going for my walk. I just walk around unmasked, you know. I mean, if they ask me to wear a mask in a grocery store, I will, out of respect to the establishment. If I'm on a bus and they ask me to wear a mask, I will, in respect to the establishment. But when I'm out and about in my freedom, walking in the society where I pay taxes and live in, I don't wear a mask. It's not anybody's business, my personal health, and especially when it comes to the science of COVID-19. It's an endemic, if that's the word, and if it's not, you go fucking look it up, all right? Not you, my dear listeners, but any naysayers out there. Go look up your own fucking information, all right? No matter what you do, you can contract COVID-19. And the health ramifications, as I mentioned, are quite minor in comparison to the governmental overreach and overlord and relinquishing of our liberty, our freedom. So I'm walking around downtown Toronto (laughs) this past weekend, and they've been setting up um, police barricades, blocking off complete streets and avenues and intersections. And, you know making a big fuss and treating, you know, these protesters as criminals when it's peaceful and it's with the science. You know, as I aforementioned. So anyways, there I am walking around downtown Toronto. I'm at College and University. College Street and University Avenue, I believe, the intersection, right in downtown Toronto. This was Saturday afternoon. Saturday, uh, February 10th. No, wait, Saturday, February 12th. Right? Saturday, February 12th, 2022. Yeah. So there I am, and wow. Hundreds. Hundreds of protesters come walking down College Street. And I just kind of stopped to look for a second. I'm like, whoa. It's like hundreds of people. And then there was like this lady, you know, she was standing with a sign that said freedom. And she had no mask on. And of course, I had no mask on. And we look at each other and she goes, she goes, we should join them. I was like, oh, okay. And then, yeah. Then she goes, COVID-19 doesn't even exist, you know? Uh, like, well, it's definitely exaggerated. She goes, no, it doesn't even exist. I can't get a job. COVID-19 doesn't even exist. So, like, you know, I mean, one crazy out of, like, Hundreds of competent, peaceful protesters. I'm like, uh, so I just kind of like drifted away from her. She's like, again, like I'm saying, listen to me. COVID-19 doesn't even exist. I'm like, well, it is exaggerated, but I just kind of like walked off, right? 
Then I stopped to listen and I stopped to listen for a bit. And then the protest, it, um, it turned the corner. It didn't break the police barricade. There was a police barricade that would have prohibited the march to go any further. So the march, it changed directions and started to march um, north on University Avenue, Toronto, Canada, towards Queen's Park, you know, the political arena in Toronto, Canada, Queen's Park. So the protest started to move north on University Avenue towards Queen, Queen's Park, and I'm just like, yo, I guess I'm walking in a protest. It was so, all of a sudden I kind of, I got into the middle of the crowd and I just started marching along with them, right? Freedom, freedom, we support the truckers. No more mandates. No mask on, no nothing. Just old people, young people, middle-aged people, children, children with their beautiful, healthy immune systems, all marching, black, white, Asian, Indian, you know, didn't matter. Just a bunch of Canadians, you know. We had enough, you know, with our Tim Hortons cups and, you know, people had flags, Canadian flags with hockey sticks, you know, they're waving their Canadian flag with hockey sticks, drinking Tim Hortons. We had enough of this, eh? Enough, it's enough, eh? We had enough, boy. So, you know, I joined the march and, you know, we're walking down, um, University Avenue, freedom, freedom. I'm like, I'm in the middle of a fucking protest. Crazy. There was like drones flying around and there was like a helicopter. Then helicopters looking at us. I was just looking up, right? You know, and then there was a little drone. It was like this drone like flying in front of us, overhead of us. So I look up, right? I was like looking at this drone. I look in the drone right in the eye, right? I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I never felt so alive. You know? Two years of quarantine and hysteria and BS, junk science, and you know, that fucking mimbo cupcake. Hi, everybody. I'm Justin Trudeau. Hi, everyone. I love blackface. I pretend to be gay just to get votes. Hi, everybody. The truckers are coming. The truckers are qu- coming. Quick, into the sewer. Into les sewer. Goes and hides in the sewer when the, uh, when the truckers came to speak, to protest. Did he set up a Zoom or a method of communication? No. He was terrified by his own countrymen. Blue-collar, hard-working folks speaking up for their civil rights. What did he do? He hid in the Les Sewer. Les Sewer. Quick, everyone. Into Les Sewer. The truckers are coming. It was exhilarating. So I marched with the Toronto Freedom Convoy protest of 2022. You know, I marched with them and I went to Queen's Park and I was listening to 
you know, it was it was just a movement of solidarity against all these crazy mandates. And like I said, the coming together of just the multicultural mosaic of Canada. And it was peaceful and it was with the science and it was with God. A hundred percent. And it was pretty cool, you know, like um, there was a DJ and the DJ had the house jumping, boy. You know? Where's your head at now, 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 now? Where's your head at now, 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 now? Where's your head at now, now, now? Where's your head at now? Where's your head at? Where's your head at now, now? Don't let the walls cave in on you. You you see all like these fucking like old people, the grandmas with their purses. You're just like, (laughs) grandmas, their purse and like little kids. I saw this little kid. He looked like an army brat. He had like one of them jarhead haircuts. You know, one of them fucking, what do they call them? Like fucking box cut, crew cut. You know, like them fucking military brats with their buzz cuts. This little military brat, I guess, you know just pent up with daddy's commands and daddy's marshalling, finally got a moment to cut loose. This kid was like eight years old and he was on the dance floor, you know, where's your head at now? And he was like dancing it up and doing like the foxtrot or something or like a like a box step. Kid had some moves to him. So granny's dancing, kids are dancing, chicks are dancing. Or these, oh, there's some pretty cute chicks too. I'm like, wow. I mean... In for future reference, when um, that's how I'm gonna start looking for like you know a, a, like a girlfriend or something like that, like protest rally. I need to know this bitch isn't fucking vaccinated. You know, that would be like my like. I guess back in back in the day, you know, you meet somebody and the responsible thing would be to like you know, oh I met somebody and I I, I like him very much. Maybe we should go get tested together for AIDS or whatever, right? So you go to like a clinic and get couple tested for STDs. That way you can start off with a clean slate. Well, how I'm going to do it nowadays, I'm gonna, I'm looking for a woman at a fucking um, protest. You know, I, I want to know that, you know, I, I don't want no corrupt eggs in my house. All right. Who knows what's going on with them eggs, scrambled eggs of yours since you got the fucking jab. Right. I need to know she is unvetted, unvaccinated. That's what I need. So anyways. Some cute honeys dancing it up. And I was looking at the DJ and he was like, he really had the crowd going and really made me think. Like he really brought the, the music brought people together, but more importantly, the message. And, you know, young, old, black, white, Asian, Indian. It was like everybody. Everybody out there in um, solidarity, standing up against the governmental overreach and hysteria of our times. This one lady approached me, different lady. I was like on the perimeter of the rave, the COVID rave, you know. Don't let the walls cave in on you. You know, that people are like fucking rave dancing and shit sandstorm (laughs) 
tripping the fuck out, right? COVID rave party. And this one lady approached me. I was like on the perimeter of the rave or the dance or whatever. And she comes up, she goes, what do you think? And I'm like, I like it. Well, what do you think? She goes, well, I'm trying to keep an open mind. There's a lot of change going on. It's pretty cold out right now. Bye. No, she didn't even say bye. She went, it's kind of cold out right now. She started like rubbing her hands together and like walked off. And I was like, kind of hot. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, did she think I meant that I liked the restrictions and the mandates? I mean, I'm standing maskless at a fucking COVID-19, anti-COVID-19 mandate rave. Standing maskless. She's maskless. She's right next to me talking to me. And when, when she said, what do you think? I thought she meant, what do I think of the rave and the party and the protest, right? And I'm like, yeah, I like it. She goes, oh, well, there's a lot of change going on. Rather cold out. She just like walked off. It was weird. I saw a father and son selling hot chocolate. That was strange. It's like homemade hot chocolate. You set up like a little homemade hot chocolate stand at a COVID-19 vax mandate rally. Anti-mandate rally. Selling hot chocolate. How much money could they possibly have made? Drag out. They had the table. They had the hot chocolate. The cups. The tip jar. They had everything. How much can they possibly have made? But it's like, wow, he's teaching the young kid to be an entrepreneur, a get-up-and-go, teaching the kid to work for himself. Plus, the kid got a, like, they had, like, this, like, they had, like, a little, they had, like, a little trailer that they were towing on the back of their bike. They had, like, this bike, and then they had, like, this little trailer that they put all their you know, they put the table, the hot chocolate, the whole setup in the back of the trailer. And the little kid, he's like driving the bike. And I'm like, okay, so the kid's learning about being an entrepreneur, selling hot chocolate, starting a business for himself. He's learning about the craziness of these mask mandates and the idea of freedom and liberty in a democracy. And he gets to ride a bike with a trailer and, you know, he was like riding on the sidewalk too, you know, and people are like diving out of the way because like it was a big bike and a big trailer and just driving it on the sidewalk. Like that looks pretty fun for a kid, you know, run over a pedestrian. So like, I'm like, kids really learning quite a bit. As crazy as it looks, you know, like selling hot chocolate at a anti-mandate rally. I wouldn't do it, but. And, um, you know, it was just a good day of solidarity against this hyperbole, exaggeration, and governmental overreach during these times. Convoy protests, Toronto. 
Freedom Convoy Protests, Toronto, February 12th, 2022. Very interesting day. And I would like to say before I get out of here, in conjunction with all that, one thing we're seeing as a result is a lot of headlines in what they call the legacy media, the fake news. What we're seeing now is a lot of these headlines that say, mandates are being considered, uh, mandates, all mandates are considered, are being considered to be dropped and mandates soon to be dropped and all these these promises that mandates will soon be dropped. All of a sudden we're seeing a lot of these articles spring up in, um, in coincidence with these protests. Pardon me. With these protests. Lie. I hope it's not a lie, but lies. Now they're trying to backpedal and make it seem like, oh, we were going to drop the mandates anyway. We were going to drop the mandates anyway. Um, Seeing as, um, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, the Freedom Convoy protests, but we were going to drop the mandates anyway, and the mandates will soon be dropped. They're trying to um, lull us back into complacency. When it's obviously for the foreseeable future, it's not close to being done, at least from what I can tell. I mean, I was just informed... Recently in my workplace, as I mentioned, with my production company and the blue-collar Joe Jobs that I work to fund it, they're trying to tell me that like, oh, well, you're going to have to start getting rapid tested. And there's more mandates coming, clamping down. Like they're just, they don't want to let go of this control. These people are hell-bent on control. That's where they get their sense of power and their ego. That's the product they push is... Fear, pandemonium, and um, control. They don't care about you or me. They care about themselves, their egos, and their fake sense of control. And we need to continue to see this thing to the end with these peaceful protests in a peaceful way. We need to let these people know in no uncertain way. We're fed up, eh? Enough's enough, bud. So thank you to everyone. Thank you to the truckers that began this movement, Freedom Convoy 2022 in Ottawa. And thank you to everyone who is brave enough to show support by showing up to these protests or supporting online. These mandates have to stop. It's ridiculous. Tomfoolery. Bunch of mumbo-jumbo. We need to protest peacefully. We need to be heard. We need to be democratic in our democracy. Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent February 14th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. Freedom protests. Freedom convoy protests. Toronto, 2022. Global. Global. We're pushing back, baby. The show's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. 
my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, turtles, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. Aight? Peace.